Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you, we just praise you, we just worship you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father, thank you, Lord. I commit this time into thy hands, Lord. There's so many new children in the house of God, not just here. All around the world in our churches, so many got saved, Lord, in the midst of this pandemic. But the devil meant for harm, you turned it around for good. So many have come into the kingdom of God. I pray, Lord, they will all tune in. They will all learn about baptism. So this evening, Lord, speak to us. Teach us, Lord. Even those who have been baptized will go back to the fundamentals and live in the light of it. Bring us all back to the altar, Lord. Back to that point in time when we had identified with you in the waters of baptism. So speak to us, teach us. We come at this time and all your children into thy hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so we go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 1 and 2 first. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again. So we are looking tonight at one of the elementary, which means primary, principles, foundation principles of Christ. Remember, these are not just principles of the church. These are principles of Christ. So if you are in Christ and you want to be in Christ, you cannot get out of these principles. These are building blocks. Okay? Not laying again. So what are this? First is the foundation of repentance from dead works. The first one. Second, faith toward God. Third, the doctrine of baptisms. Okay? There are Many baptisms, but we are looking at one baptism here, the water baptism. Fourth, laying on of hands. Fifth, resurrection of dead. And sixth, eternal judgment. These are all principles of Christ. These are all foundation blocks, building blocks. Okay? You cannot skirt it. It is fundamental. You cannot skirt it in your faith. Whoever it is, wherever, who are you listening, remember these are fundamental blocks on this only, you can build the rest of your life in Christ. We have our promise for 2021 about enlargement, about stretching out, about sparing not, lengthening your cords. All that is there. The thing is that you cannot enlarge unless your building blocks are in place. Okay. When God enlarges people, he first enlargens them spiritually. Because that is our foundation. Because God is spirit and we are spirit. When you are born again, we were born again in the spirit. So he first enlargens us spiritually. Otherwise, if he enlargens us in the material world and we haven't enlarged in the spiritual world, we will not hold, we will collapse. Like Saul was enlarged in the material world. He became king, but spiritually he was a pygmy. And he collapsed under the weight of it and was destroyed. So was Samson. So please remember, building blocks are important. First, spiritually. And if God has to 
enlarging us spiritually, we look at the fundamentals. Fundamentals we saw there in verse 1. The first is repentance from dead works or Bible will say repentance from works that lead to death. That is KJV, works that lead to death. Okay, dead works or works that lead to death. God's children have to believe primarily in this repentance. Two things. One, many are trusting in their sins to take them to hell. Others are trusting in their good works to take them to heaven. Okay. Neither will work with the child of God. You can trust in Christ and Christ alone. That he will take care of. He has taken care of your sins. That you are not going to hell if you have put trust only in his works and nothing else. And you are not trusting in your works to take you to heaven. You are trusting in Christ to take you to heaven. Okay. He said, I have gone to prepare a place for you. If I go, I will come back and I will take you. Okay. So you are not trusting in your sins. That's when people go into depression and commit suicide. Because they always walk in discouragement. I am a sinner. I have sinned so much. Who can save me? Don't trust your sins to take you to hell. Trust in the Savior who has taken care of your sins. All your sins. Everything. The sin nature itself he takes care of. So don't trust in this, your sins. Trust in the Savior. Second thing, if you are not such a great sinner as we think, you trust in your good works. Don't trust in your good works because all your good works will not get you one inch closer to heaven. If you want to trust in your good work, you have to be exactly like Jesus Christ. Born without sin, lived without sin, and died sinless. Okay? You have to be like him. So that also is impossible. So repentance from dead works means you put your trust in Christ alone. You repent from everything. You turn away. Repentance means it is 180 degrees. Okay? I cannot look at the west and go in the south. Right? I cannot go this way and this way at the same time. So when you are repenting, meaning you are turning around. And all our life. Right now you turn around to how much you know. But all our life as we grow in Christ will be turning around. Even till today. You hear from God something which you didn't know. And you know what? You thought something was true. You repent from it and accept this and keep turning. So repentance is not one time. Repentance is all our time. Which basically means you change your mind. When your mind changes, you change your desire. Okay? If anyone of you were to go to US. If you want to live there and adjust with the food, you will have to change your mind first. You cannot go here with one sack of gundur chili there. Okay? It is not possible. You have to prepare in your mind. If you can change in your mind, you will change your desires also. Okay? So repentance means change of this mind, change of desire, and therefore change in direction. You change your direction. Okay? So repentance means you turn away. That's not enough. Second thing says you put your faith towards God in Christ. How do we know God? Because Christ came. So we put our trust in Christ. Okay? That is the first two. Once you have done these two, comes the third block. What is the third building block? It is baptism. So we have... so. Every one of this, you need to realize, everything that God teaches, anything about Christ, there is a doctrine behind it. 
There's a doctrine behind. There's a doctrine of repentance. There's a doctrine of faith towards God. There's a doctrine of baptisms. So we need doctrines. You cannot simply just believe in it. What are you believing in? So there is a doctrine of baptisms and there is a doctrine of water baptism. Of everything that God has commanded in the Bible, there will be a doctrine behind it. And it is based on that doctrine, we follow it. You just don't randomly, okay, let me ask you this question. Why do you eat? Because there's a doctrine behind it. There's a fundamental principle behind it. If there was no principle behind it on which eating works, then you will eat stones, you will eat grass, but you don't eat that because your inert system cannot take it. So if you look at eating and healthy eating, you will suddenly realize even between eating, there's a doctrine behind it which you follow. If you don't follow it, you will fall ill or you will die. So behind everything, there is a doctrine and there's a doctrine of baptisms and there's a doctrine of water baptism. So we'll turn first to the book of Acts. We'll pick up one portion from the book of Acts, chapter 8, and we'll read from verse 26. Okay, this is Philip. The evangelist, the first evangelist we see mentioned according to his title, office. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went and behold a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Okay, he's being led by the Spirit. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me, and ask Philip to come up and sit with him? The place in the scriptures which he had read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before a shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was reading from Isaiah 53, which is about Jesus Christ. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Verse 35. Let's go to verse 35. Verse 35. We read till 34, now 35. I gave 35, right? Yeah. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Please understand this. This is what we preach. We don't preach the law. We don't preach prosperity. We don't preach any of these things in the beginning. If people have to get saved, we preach Jesus to them. If you are a sinner, then you preach the Savior to you, who will save you. What did he do? He preached Jesus to him. You know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached Jesus to them. The Jesus whom you crucified. God has made both Lord and Savior. Preach Jesus. Getting the picture? We preach Jesus. And every place you will see. Yeah, can you hear? Yeah. Every place you will see. We preach. Okay, we preach Jesus. So repent, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And verse 36 says, Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? He just got saved. He just heard about Jesus. And immediately he asked, So he has been preaching. We don't know what all uh, Philip taught him. But he was teaching fund, fund, foundations. What is that? Repent, believe, and be Baptized was teaching. So he says, what hinders me from being baptized? Okay? Meaning, the teaching is continuing and now he wants to get baptized. Now, we'll go that part to that later because we need to come about baptism. There is confusion about baptism. Okay? Please remember this. The act of baptism does not save us. Yeah, yeah, Peter. It's okay. They all know you, Peter. You don't have to hide that. This is a church service, no? This is not a... Okay. If you're feeling cold, just somebody wave your hand. I'll switch it off, okay? There is confusion about baptism. Please remember this. Note this. The act of baptism, it does not save us. It does not save us. Your believing in Jesus Christ alone saves us. What hinders me from getting baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, verse 37, you may. Okay. What goes before baptism? Salvation. If you believe with all your heart, Jesus Christ is the son of God. He says, you believe. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Okay, so baptism does not save you. It is the saved who get baptized. Okay, it is the saved who get baptized. There are two parts of salvation on earth. On earth. And the third part is in heaven. Two parts of salvation on earth. One is penalty of sin. We are forgiven from the penalty of sin. Second part is victory over the power of sin. First one, if you want to escape from the penalty of sin, the wages of sin is death. It is eternal separation from God. The way to escape the penalty of sin is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. You escape the penalty of sin. Second part is that, after that, as we live, the power of sin is still there. The flesh is there, the world is there, the demons are there, temptation is there. We have to overcome the power of sin. To win over the power of sin, for daily victory over the power of sin, God has given us many tools. Many tools. One of the foundational tools is water baptism. Water baptism is part of our obedience of faith. If you are not baptized in water, you will always struggle to win over sin. You'll always struggle to win over sin. Please remember, if you go to Matthew 28, 18 and 19, baptism is not optional. It's not an optional paper in God's kingdom. It is a commandment. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven, and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. The name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He says, it's not an option. It is a commandment. He told the disciples, go, make disciples, teach them. 
preach me. Let them come to me. Let them get saved and baptize them. Okay? So Jesus, if you know, Jesus began his ministry by being baptized by John. And he ended his ministry by commanding his disciples to go to the ends of the world, make disciples and baptize. So baptism is not an option. Baptism is a commandment. And every child of God obeys this command to get baptized. And Jesus approves of baptism. Like in John chapter 3, you don't have to go there. John chapter 3, you have the wedding at Cana. And during weddings, we'll always read, no? Jesus approved of the institution of marriage by his presence at the wedding of Cana. So many times we have repeated this at weddings. In the same way, if you come to John chapter 4, you will see he, him approving of baptism, acknowledging baptism. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. So Jesus also had a ministry of baptism. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. So everyone who came to him, he was also preaching the same message. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. And everyone who believed, he told his disciples to baptize them. Okay? He told his disciples to baptize them. So remember, Jesus approved, sanctioned, and oversaw baptisms in his ministry. If you don't see these two verses, you will never see it. You'll never see that during his three and a half, six months of John's baptism, John was baptizing. But after Jesus was recognized, John's baptism, John's ministry slowly started ending. Then he was executed. He had a ministry of six months. And after that comes Jesus. Jesus comes. But he continued the ministry of baptism. Because if you are saved, you need to get baptized. Okay? So now we'll get into baptism. Anything you look into scripture, Anything God tells you to do. Anything in scripture, God tells you to do. Okay? You have to ask one, how should I do this? How should I do it? Okay? Second, what is the purpose or meaning behind this? Or, or um, not purpose, what is the meaning behind this? What is the meaning behind it? Third question, why am I doing it? What is the motive behind it? Okay? You have to ask these questions in life. Anything that God speaks so that we can understand why we are doing things. Don't do stuff because somebody else is doing it or it's just a tradition. Baptism has become a tradition. Traditions don't save you. Only truth saves you. Yeah, remember about the the young bride? She used to cut the bacon enough before she puts into a frying pan. And the husband kept on saying, why do you cut it off? She said, because my mother did it. And she called the mother and said, mom, he said, but why do it? The pan is big, you're just wasting the bacon. She said, no, my mother did it that way. That's the way I learned. That's the way I do it. He called up his mother and said, Mom, why, why does uh, my wife cut it off? She says, you do it. She said, oh, I don't know. My mother used to do it. Her grandmother was alive. She said, I will uh, call and ask. So he called uh, his wife's grandmother and asked, Grandma, why is that you people cut the edge of the bacon in such a way? She said, oh, 
I did it because my pan was small. <laughs> okay? So we follow a lot of things which we don't even understand, which doesn't make sense. So you always need to ask, how should I do it? How should I do it? Okay? What is the reason that I do this? And why do I do this? Okay? So, Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. If you look over there, 8.36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? First thing you get baptized in, water. You don't get baptized in alcohol, beer, Okay, you may have your favorite liquid, but you do not get baptized in that. Baptism is always in water. Okay, remember, they saw water. It was a pool of water or a river, whatever was flowing that way. So you will see what hinders from me being baptized. Baptism, baptizo means immersion. It does not mean sprinkling. If it was not immersion, he could have definitely in the chariot, he had water to drink. He would have said, why don't you take and baptize me? He didn't say that. He didn't say that. It was never understood in any other way than immersion in water. Okay, if you come down to verse 38 and 39. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. You can go through any pattern in the Bible. We are looking many different times. I have preached on different portions. Today we are looking at Acts chapter. And he, they went down into the water. He baptized him. And then verse 39, they, and when they came up out of the water. Okay? So understand that. Why do we baptize in a particular way? You see, there are two words in English. One is translate. The other is transliterate. Translate is that if you have a, you tell me a Telugu word, if I don't understand, you will translate in English the meaning. But transliteration is when the word is not translated, the same word from a regional language is put it into another language. Another language, any language, you put it into English. Let us say, for example, English, meaning baptism is not an English word. Baptism is a Greek word. It was never translated. It was just transliterated. You ask any Greek scholar anywhere who knows Greek, baptism means immersion. It doesn't mean anything else. Are you getting different between translation and transliteration? Like we, we have a carpet here. When you came down, you have the foot mat over there. In that foot mat, you will see it is not synthetic. It is not jute. It is a choir mat. You see that, no? the rough mat. But is choir an English word? No, it's a Malayalam word. It is the husk of the coconut thing we say in Malayalam kayar. It's a Malayalam word, kayar. But because it's this is a Malayali invention it's not a jute carpet it's a kayar carpet the, the white man cannot say kayar so he said kayar. Okay, so kayar is a Malay, it's not a translated word. You ask anybody what's the meaning of kayar they don't know <laughs> unless they check a dictionary. What does kayar mean? Uh-huh. Okay, it is made from the, it's a, it's a huge industry in Kerala, all that, this thing, no? So it's a transliterated word. You have to understand it was for a political reason. They did not want to get in trouble with King James. 
Okay? They kept it that way in. Because if they meant immersion, then practically the whole royal family, everybody would have to be baptized. So they didn't want to get into trouble. Okay? Method is important. You'll say, what difference does it make? Method is important. Because there is meaning in the method. If you change the method, you lose the meaning. Understand? God doesn't tell you certain things to do. Because there was meaning. A lot of things he told them to do in the Old Testament. And they had to do it exactly that way because there was meaning in it. If you change the pattern, the meaning was lost. So remember, people will ask, it is very, very important. You have to be baptized the way God said because there is meaning in the way you do it. Go to Mark chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It came to pass in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, verse 10. And immediately coming up from the water, so he was also baptized or immersed in the water. He didn't, he didn't uh, change the pattern. This was the only way you got to get baptized. So you go down to, if you study scripture carefully, it was always, why are we looking for a place to get baptized? I can sprinkle you here. It's so easy. You don't have to go through all this trouble. Okay, so remember. Okay. And remember, Jesus walked 70 miles to get baptized. He was somewhere far away. And the Spirit of the Father told him, time has come. Go to Jordan. Go to John. Get baptized. You have to understand the importance of baptism. He walks all the way. I don't know how he went. Donkey, walk, whatever. He went all the way. And he got baptized because he knows it is important. It's a foundational, fundamental block before God can start moving in your life. Read John chapter 3 and verse 33. Suddenly you will understand why the method cannot be changed. And John was also baptizing in Enon near Salim because there was much water there. So John also picked his spot. They did not speak of, pick a spot where there was no water. They needed much water. Think about it. Why do you need much water? To sprinkle. Why do you need... No. Why do you need... You need much water because they need to be immersed. And they came and were baptized. So we will. you will ask, so why do we have to do it this way? The reason, scripture mandates so. And we will see if you change the method, you lose the meaning. Okay, even one case we have, it is connected with leprosy. Naman had to immerse himself in the water. You will say, but he had leprosy. But leprosy was a symbol of sin in the Old Testament. Let me ask you this question. If leprosy is a symbol of sin and you are a leper, do you want the leprosy to go from all your body or parts of your body? You want to be forgiven from all your sins or some sins? Yes, that's why it's immersion. So the whole man is dying to the nature of sin. And there are people, like I've told in old days, there are people, right? There was a um, princess in Yugoslavia or something in the old days who they alliance with the prince of Russia. But the problem with the prince of Russia was that he had these 500 uh, bodyguards who were bloodthirsty guys. They would kill. And this girl said, if you want to marry, 
they have to stop killing. Otherwise, I won't marry them. And these are his bodyguards. So he loved this girl. He wanted to get married. So he, she said, only thing is that all of them have to get baptized. Okay, they understood what baptism was. You know what these dudes did? When they were baptized, history says they all got baptized, just kept their right hand outside. Because <laughs> that's with which they hold the sword. Okay? So history never changed the meaning. We changed the meaning. We don't change the meaning, but there is meaning in the method. Okay? Because there are always easy ways, and then there is the right way. And we have to choose the right way. Okay, I remember many, many, many years ago, it was a winter time and they were in that country where I was working. We had baptisms and winter is cold and we took them to the river. But we are going to the river, then there was an alert saying that somebody got washed away in the river. So the river was full of forest guards and police checking for the dead body. But we had prepared for the baptism. So what we did do, we turned around and crossed the hills and went to another side of the hill, tried to make it like a picnic. And if you know in that mountainous country, there are always little springs flowing. So what did you do? We went to a believer's house. We bought what we call jumper those days, everything, and spades and all. We dug a huge pit, big enough for the size of a person. Okay? And then we changed a little of that water into it, and then we baptized them into that and pulled them out. By the time the last fellow comes, head is full of mud. <laughs> Even now in countries, they do that. They use a tarpaulin, you know, tarpaulin, plastic, huge like your waste big one, thicker, big ones. They dig a hole, put water in, put in, and collect the water in it and baptize them in that. In Russia, they break the ice. I heard about a pastor sometime recently. Three hours in the freezing hole they had dug, they were baptizing people. They don't change the methods. You cannot change the method because it's a commandment. It has meaning behind it. You know, so we have gone and other, other, another place when we had to baptize, there was no power, nothing over there. We had a wooden, we had a wooden bathtub, sauna. So what did we do? We heat stones in the fire, heat, make them red hot and then pick it with the thongs and we put it into the water on one side. So the water warms up so that people don't freeze when they get baptized. Okay, so we don't change the method because it's important to God. Okay, because if you change the method, you change the meaning. Let me ask you this question. All of you have seen our weddings, right? Oh, Sammy was the only one who responded. <laughs> okay, yeah, you've been all there for weddings, right? Have you noticed the wedding? When the wedding is beginning, the bride comes on the arm of her father. The wedding is over, she leaves on the arm of her husband, right? What if we change the method? She comes in the arm of her husband, her bridegroom, and goes out in the arm of the father. Doesn't the meaning change? It looks as if she was living together with this guy, and the father is taking her home. <laughs> meaning has changed. Understood? You cannot change the method because if you change the method, the meaning changes. Meaning changes. What is the method? The method is immersion. It is, it is never in the Bible. It was ever anything. Anything. Okay? Immersion. But remember, repentance, 
faith towards God and baptism. That automatically takes children out, infants out. Why? They cannot repent, they cannot believe. Order is very clear in the Bible. In the Bible, you will never see a baby or an infant being baptized because they cannot repent, they cannot believe, therefore they cannot be baptized. And the last thing you want to do with the baby is immerse it in water. That's why they sprinkle the babies, okay? Now let us go to the second one. That is, first we saw the method, let us go to the meaning. What did God do when he saved me? Turn to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So when we got saved, what happened? We died to sin. There was a death. There was a death. We died to sin. We died to the old way of life. We died to the old life. Though it may not look, it has really died, but there was a death. Meaning if you take, cut off a branch from a tree and leave it, actually it is dead. But it doesn't look dead, it's still green. Leaves are still green. If you put your nade and on the, what you call the branch, the little sap will still come. But actually it is dead. Though it doesn't look dead. And a little later, as time goes on, you will realize it has died. In the same way, when a person comes to Jesus Christ, repents and believes, he actually dies to the old way of life. And as time goes on, it will become very, very apparent. The old habits, the old ways have died, died, died. New habits and new ways has come in. But there is a death. That's what it means. We died to sin. So in baptism, now come to verse 3 and 5, three, uh, 3 to 5, the meaning of, or do you not know that many of us, as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Looks very deep. It is deep. Tough. I'll make it simple. We'll go to verse 3. In the very act of baptism, all the three truths of a believer is put there. First is his past. Second is his present. Third is his future. All thing is there in his baptism. Because it has great meaning. Let's look at Chapter verse 3. Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? What were we baptized into? To the death of Jesus Christ. Meaning, the old person was killed together with Jesus Christ. When did we die? 2000 years ago on the cross. Though you were not born then, God knew who all were going to get saved. So when, if you look at, go to verse 6, right? Verse 6. Yeah. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. When? 2,000 years ago. Okay. It was not just the head of Jesus Christ alone that was crucified. His body was crucified. And spiritually, we are the body. So everyone whom God knows in time from that time to the last person who will get saved, 
all were crucified with him on the on the cross and a baptism is an outward symbol of our death meaning what is a baptism first symbolize our past my past is dead the old man is dead when did he die for you officially on monday but spiritually 2000 years ago because god saw you all in his son then and when his son was hung on the cross he hung all of us on the cross we were all crucified with him 2000 so it has great meaning understand that you cannot change the method it has great meaning so the first thing is that the past our past we were dead we had died in christ so when a person dies let's go back to again verse 3 when a person dies what do you do with him yeah verse 4 what do you do doesn't matter how much you love that person you will bury him otherwise he or she will stink you can't you may have loved them like mere dil ke tukde when they were alive but when they die tukde has to go underground you don't want it anywhere near you keep a picture <laughs> right therefore we were buried the dead were buried with him through baptism so you died and you were buried okay so you don't sprinkle mud on a dead body you cover it completely right so if it is a burial then it is an immersion it is not sprinkling why is it immersion because the whole man died the whole man is buried in water with christ jesus okay so you bury him our past life is buried with him never bring it out the devil may accuse but god says i don't know i don't know it's buried it is buried with christ so our past now let us go to the present verse 4 we are buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so also should we walk in the newness of life if just burial was alone then we never came out of water i put you all down there and kept you there until you died no we come out of the water okay then i would be sitting in some charlapalli jail serving <laughs> serving 20 years for baptizing people which was murder right you come out but when the person comes out how does he walk he does not walk in the oldness of life he walks in the newness of life like jesus came out of the grave we also come out of water we were baptized into his death not our death which our death we don't come out of the water we were baptized into his death and he came from the grave so we also come out of the water and how do we walk we walk in the newness of life you do not walk in the old way that is your present past buried present i am walking in the newness of life so if you want to walk in the newness of life you need to learn new things that's where the bible comes it teaches you about the kingdom of god god gives you his spirit to help you through it all and all the teachings you will keep on learning new things you walk in the newness of life you are no longer walking like in the old days by sight you are learning to walk by faith it's a new life it's not the old life the old life will struggle 
but you have to kill it every day in the light of your baptism. Okay? So you are a brand. Second, I didn't give it. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ Jesus, he say, new creation. And all, yeah. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. What does it say? All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have to believe. When I went down in the water, all the old things went away. And I'm coming out as a new person. And I will walk in the newness of life. It has all passed away. And all things have become new. It has become new. Okay? It is not the old repainted. Now you do that. Old cars, they will fix the dent, everything, repaint it and sell it. No, God doesn't do a repainting dent job. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. So, there is a past, buried. There is a present in the newness of life. And then if you go to verse 5 of Romans uh, 6, 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly also we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Then it brings another word over there, resurrection. That is what our future one day we will be resurrected. Though we are walking in the newness of life, the body is old. The life is new. Right? The body is old. Has the body changed when you come out of the water? No. If you haven't showered, you get a little clean. That's all. Right? Body is still the same. Nothing has changed about the body. What changing is the life is changing. But the body is old. But you are not going nowhere with this body to heaven. You will get a new body. So there is a future in baptism. The same with Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did not come out with the same body. His body had changed. It was a new body. It was a body through which he could walk through closed doors, walk through. He could go up and come down. It was a different body altogether. When he was in the human body, he could not. He had Somebody had to open the door for him. Or he had to open the door. He couldn't go up and down, nothing like that. But in the new body, completely changed meaning. There is a future in the baptism. What is that? In the likeness of his resurrection. We will get a resurrected body. That is why you cannot change the method because there is so much meaning in the method. You cannot change. You have to go down under the water and come back because it is symbolic of our future, our hope, glory, right? New glory, First Thessalonians chapter 5, 15 to 17, and First Corinthians 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a, with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. All who are dead. We are alive, we will also caught. But when, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet in the law. What will happen on that day if you were dead, if you fell asleep in Christ? Your soul that went will be united with the new body. Everybody is waiting for the body. Nobody's got the body yet. They are all just spirits, but they have no body. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, the souls under the altar, how long, Lord? He said, wait some more time. Nobody has a body there. Only Jesus is the only one of the new creation with the body. Only one. God is a spirit. The rest of the angels are spirits. We are not going to be like angels. We are going to have a body. A resurrected body. And Jesus is the firstborn. He is the only one who has received a body 
Nobody else who died after him, in him, has received their body. They are all waiting for their body. And when the trumpet blows, the dead in Christ will receive their body. I believe the souls will come. The bodies, the new body will come and they will get it. And all of us are alive in the twinkling of an eye, our body will change. This body will be put away for the other body. If you go to First Corinthians 15, beautifully it explains it there. Yeah, I gave it to you. Yeah. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Everybody is not going to sleep. Then God has to wait until he has killed the last man. No, he doesn't know. He will come and millions will be alive. And the last part of that church that is still alive when he comes, they don't fall asleep. They don't die. They will be caught up with all who died before. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised. How? Incorruptible. This body corrupts. The new body will never corrupt. You will not grow old. You will not get tired. That's awesome. You will not want to sleep because there is no sleep. Okay, no sleep. Now there is no sleep for the wicked. There, no sleep for the righteous. You don't even have to sleep because these are all connected with this body. They're all connected with, I'm not, I don't know whether they sleep or not, but it wouldn't matter because the body is different. The dead will be raised incorruptible, we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. And what will God say? And when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put immortality, then shall be brought to pass saying this, uh, the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. You see, all this is connected with baptism. When you go down under water, you are saying, the old man is dead. My past is dead. All the old ways have done. When you come out of water, you're saying, I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. I'm going to walk in the newness of life. And then when you come out of the water, you are saying also, one day like Christ came out of the grave with a new body, it's appointing. One day I will be resurrected just like that in a tingling of an eye. Like something changed inside, something will change outside. This body will be put away for an incorruptible body. So we cannot change the method of baptism, because this is the meaning of baptism. Okay? So baptism has a threefold meaning. Connects with our past, our present, and our past is, I died and was buried with him. Present, I was raised up to the newness of life. Future, I will be raised, or a twinkling of an eye, I will receive a new body. So what is the gospel? The gospel is, Jesus died, Jesus was buried and Jesus rose upon the third day. So even in the baptism, there is the gospel. You cannot change this. Look at Corinthians 15 verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. What is that? Verse 3. I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And the same thing is reflected in our baptism. We died to our sins, we were buried and we were raised up. That is why there is so much opposition to baptism. In every country where they are hostile to Christianity, if they know there is a baptism, they will come and break up the place. Because they know what baptism means. 
See, you can be a secret believer without anybody knowing. But when you are getting baptized, sooner or later you are coming out and you are going into the water. So baptism is a very dangerous institution in persecuted countries. Why? Because they know what baptism means. If it was sprinkling, it is very easy. You can just put them and do it and send them away. But it doesn't work. It has to be baptized. You need water and lots of water. Okay? Are you getting it? The picture? Okay? Therefore, <clears throat> the method matters because as 6.5 says, in the likeness. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Okay? We are not united in his death, in the likeness of his death. In the same way, baptism is a likeness. So the method, the way we do it, we will not change because there is great meaning. So we looked at the method, why baptism is immersion and nothing else. Why baptism is only for a believer. You don't get baptized when you get, you don't get saved when you get baptized. It is the saved who get baptized. So if you are not saved, if you get baptized, it makes no difference. You sprinkle an infant and think it will go to heaven when he grows up, it simply does not work. It does not work because the child never. But on the other hand, if the child believes when he grows up, it's different. But remember, baptism does not save you. The Bible doesn't say only the baptized will make it to heaven. It does not say. But the saved get baptized. Okay? Meaning, those of you who are saved, let us say you die today. You don't go to hell. God said, no, don't get him in because you didn't get baptized. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. But if you are saved and alive, you should get baptized. Because baptism is mandatory. It's a commandment. So we will look now at the purpose. Why? Why? Okay? Romans 6 and verse 4. Romans 6 and verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. What is the purpose? What is the purpose? So that we start walking in the newness of life. I will explain to you. Baptism does not make you a Christian. It proclaims you are a Christian. Okay? It proclaims you are a Christian. I will explain to you in which way you will understand. Let me ask you this question. Do you see this? Does that make me a married man? No, it just proclaims I'm a married man. If I take this ring and Avinash wears it, he'll become a married man? No. It does not make him a married man. It only proclaims I'm a married man. So if a bachelor wears it, he doesn't become a married man. He's pretending he's married. And there are a lot of pretenders in the kingdom of God, sorry, in the world, who pretend they are Christians because they got baptized. The baptism does not make you a Christian. You proclaim you are a Christian. So if you are not saved and you get baptized or you are sprinkled and you walk with a Christian name, God says that's a fraud. That's a fraud. That guy or that woman is not true. It's a fraud. Why? He's got a symbol, but he doesn't have the meaning. He's got a symbol. Okay, so remember, the wedding ring does not make me a married man. It just proclaims that I am a married man. Okay, so please understand, baptism does not save you. It just proclaims you are saved. So when you are baptized, 
you need to be saved before you are baptized. You cannot be baptized and be saved. You have to be saved and be baptized. And when you are getting baptized, you are proclaiming. Like I said, the ring can deceive. All of you sitting over here, yeah, everyone sitting over here are unmarried. Think about it. Yeah? Oh, Apu is there, Apu is there. Yeah, yeah, Apu is there. Yeah, I didn't see Apu. Every one of you sitting over here are unmarried, except me and Apu, right? Two people. And all of you may, may, may wear a ring on that finger. No? Right? Does that make you married? Does that make you married? No. It just proclaims. And the proclamation can be false. That is why we say, be sure, repent, believe, put your trust, get saved, confess Jesus Christ, put your trust in him, and then get baptized. Then get baptized. It is not that the day you got married, suddenly you have this feeling that comes upon you. You believe everything has become on you. You feel like the same person. But something has changed. Something has changed. That's why the wedding ceremony, she comes in the arm of her father, meaning that is her old life. This is the man under whose protection she was. Father and mother took care of her. And when she's going out, she's going under the protection of another man. Is the father there? Yes. Is the mother there? Yes. The family there? Yes. Will it be the same again? No. They will all be there. But it will not be the same ever again. And if it doesn't change, the marriage will break up. And so many marriages are in trouble because they haven't left. They want both. They want the old life and the new life. Before baptized life and the post-baptism life. God says it doesn't work like that. Are you getting the picture? For this purpose, man shall leave his father and mother. And if you don't leave, you cannot cleave. That was an old life. This is a new life. That is a life practically without responsibilities. This is a life full of responsibilities. It changes completely. And this is a block in the Indian mind because we are used to join families. Right? We are bringing marriage over here because baptism also is connected to that. When you go under the water and you come out, you are a new person. You cannot live the old life. Though there may be so many things of the old life and the new life, it is never the same again. You may go to school, but you are listening from a different perspective. Like Daniel also went to school, but Daniel knows I am a saved man. Therefore, the way I hear, the way I learn, the way I understand has to be different because the kingdom of God is there. I die to the old way of life. My pursuits are not the same. Even I am pursuing the same thing. The reason I am pursuing is not the same. Because why? Now I belong to Christ. Right? Let us imagine. I see Chandana sitting. Oh, let's pick Appu. Appu is the only. No? Imagine Appu before she got married. Okay, She used to cook. And she used to be working here in Hyderabad. She used to be in a PG fam, right? Or whatever. She was cooking. She was eating. As usual, when she goes home, she'll also cook, her mother cooks, she cooks, and then she gets married. She's still cooking? Yes. But is she cooking for her mother? No. Is she cooking for herself too? No, she's cooking for Raj. She keeps Raj in the picture. Now, Raj may like things that is completely different from what she was used to. Is she still cooking? Yes. But things have changed. 
You get it? You may be doing the same things. The way you do it, the reason you do it, everything will change because who has come into your picture? You are in my picture. Our bridegroom has come into the picture. Christ has come into the picture. Now, he defines everything. Is your father there? Is your mother there? Is your brother there? Is your sister there? Your, everything is still there. Only thing, your relationship with them is only seen through your bridegroom. Your husband, your future husband, your bridegroom. Now, who's that? Jesus Christ. That is why the meaning, the reason, we have to be very, very careful about it. Everything changes. That's why the Bible says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Meaning all things have been passed away. The old things have passed away in the sense you see it with a different eyes. Different eyes. And God looks. And that's what you will see. Suddenly things change to people who really get baptized. They change completely. Okay? When you wear a ring... One, it shows who you are. Okay, when you wear a ring, it shows who you are. Second, it says you are married. So be very careful when you wear a ring, you are married. If you're not married, don't wear one. Two, you also say, I am not ashamed of such a such a one to whom I am married. That's why if you know you're all young children, but when conflicts take place in houses between husband and wife and the fighting begins and they start talking about divorce and seriously, one of the first things they do is they take this off. Though they haven't been divorced, they take it off by saying it's over. I don't want to be part of your life. I'm ashamed to call you my wife. I'm ashamed to call you my husband, basically. But when you're wearing the ring, you are saying, you know what? I am not ashamed to be known. I am yours. Okay? One, I know whose I am. Two, I'm not ashamed to be known as yours. So when you're getting baptized and you come out of the water, you are saying, you know what? I know whose I am. You have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus. Both is acceptable in the Bible. I know whose I am. Second, it's a baptism, meaning it's a public service. Okay, in certain countries, we are very careful how we do it because we don't want attacks and all that. But still, the church gathers. Part of the church gathers, meaning say that, I am not ashamed from today to be known as I belong to Jesus. I am not ashamed. Remember, he was not ashamed to say that we are his. He should be ashamed because we are like mongrels and he is the prince of heaven. But he says, I am not ashamed of them. And we say, we are not ashamed in this world to be known. That's why we sang that song. We sang that song, right? The cross before me, all the, the world behind me. The cross before me. I'm not ashamed. Let people say anything. I'm proud of him. He died for me. He lived for me. He died for me. He's coming back for me. I have identified with him. I am not ashamed. You will see a lot of Christians are ashamed of their faith. We should not be ashamed. You should not be ashamed of him because he was not ashamed of us. That's what baptism means, right? When we get baptized, we got identified with him because when he got baptized, he identified with us and we fulfill God's righteousness. Matthew 3 and verse 15. 
Jesus answered and said to John, this is his baptism, permit it be, be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Think about it. Why did he have to get baptized? Why did he have to get baptized? You know why he got baptized? It's very interesting. He's pure, we are un- impure. He's holy, we are sinful. So when he got baptized, he identified with our sins. When we get baptized, we identify with his righteousness. Okay. It's interesting. And then he says, you are ashamed of me to get baptized? I got baptized. I should have been ashamed. Okay, the wife of mine was a filthy girl. It's like Hosea buying Gomer of the block. But I loved her. So what did I do? I got baptized to fulfill righteousness. Identified with her. Now, you identify with me. I identified you, this sinner. You identify with me, the righteous one. And he says, are you ashamed? He's not ashamed. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, by whom are all things, bringing many sons, here daughters are also included, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Look at verse 11. For both he and who sanctifies and those of us who are being sanctified are all of one. We are one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed. He looks at each one, Deepika, no, Divya, Chantana. He says, you know, that's my sister. That's my child. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. All the angelic hosts will say, you mean to say you're not ashamed to call them? He says, no. I identify with them completely. When I went down into the water, I'm saying that we are one. When I hung on the cross and the Father took all their sins and put it on me, you are saying, I am one. One with them. Okay. He's not ashamed. So we are not ashamed. Okay. First we say, to whom we belong. Second we say, we are not ashamed. Third, we are doing it to fulfill God's righteousness. God's righteousness. is the baptism of the righteous. This is not the baptism of the unrighteous. This is the baptism of of the righteous. Those who are saved receive the gift of righteousness and God says, you know what? You have received the baptism of the righteous and God is not ashamed. So we should not be ashamed to identify with him. There's an illustration of a Sunday school one of the kids got inside. I have no issues even when getting baptizing children. I'm not talking about infants, but 10 years, 11 years who understand gospel very much and just trust Jesus. He said, baptize them. That's all you need. You trust Jesus with all your heart. I do. Get baptized and start walking. That's all it takes. The eunuch believed with all your heart. Yes. Stop here. Get baptized. Go on with the newness of life. You don't have to wait 15 years and all after getting saved to get baptized. Get theologically correct. Nothing like that. Do you trust Jesus with all your heart? I do. Get baptized. Okay. So the Sunday school child got saved in the Sunday school. The Sunday school teacher led this child to the Lord and said, now you go to church to the pastor and say, uh, you want to get baptized. This was a little child, so didn't know the word baptized. So he went and told the pastor, pastor, I got saved, I want to be advertised. <laughs> but you know what? That's what it is. That is actually what it is. When you get baptized and you come out, you now advertise you are a new person. You are not the old person. It's God's advertisement on planet earth. These are my children. These are my children. They died to the old way of life. 
they have identified completely with my son. They have come out. They are my. He advertises. Because that's your public. See, wedding is for a day. Marriage is for a lifetime. But if there is no wedding, there is no marriage. Right? On the wedding day, it's an advertisement. You advertise to the whole world. Okay? And we will stand at the end and say, all rise, and we will say, for the very first time, I introduce to you Mr. and Mrs. And they go out together, right? It's an advertisement. They came separately. They go out together. It's an advertisement. So in the baptism, when you come out of the water, you may not know, but the entire angelic host and the demonic host, the father says, that's my children. As long as you believe, it's a different thing. But when you get baptized, it is like the wedding. You could have been uh, dating for years. What did they say? They are dating. All these things will say, nobody knows whether they will get married or they will break up, nothing. But when you get married, it's an advertisement. It's over. Okay, so when you get baptized, it's the wedding day. It's a wedding day. And after that, you start walking in the newness of life. You start advertising. And suddenly you will realize the attack begins. Right, Apu? Yeah, when you get married after that, because what you are struggling to adjust to a new life. You are old, used to an old life. Absolutely comfortable, expert in the old life. <laughs> right? Imagine, Apu had to wake up, because Apu is the only one here, you know, had to wake up and say, oh, I must be hungry. I wish I could go back to sleep. It was nice when I was alone. I never had to worry about any of these things. But now I have to wake up. Okay? And by end of this year, baby will also come. Now one more addition has come. Two people to take care of. So many things change in your life. No, that is what happens. When you get married, now you have a responsibility to walk in the newness of life. You cannot walk like before. There will be a check inside. Though you want to lie, the Spirit of God will say, you can't lie. But everybody is, yes, everybody is different. You are not. You are mine. You cannot lie. You cannot steal. You cannot cheat. You cannot do a lot of things. Why? Not because you are following the law, but because of whom you belong to. That's why Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the life. He will tell you. Earlier you could do and this thing, if nobody found you, you were okay. Because nobody found you. But even if nobody finds you, you will be miserable because the one inside says, that's not my life. That is not the way we walk. That is not the way you do. Lord, what I do, repent quickly. Repent. That's what I said, you will be repenting all your life. Don't do this. We walk together. You can't do this. We are no longer breaking the law. We are sinning against our Redeemer. They're no longer breaking the law. The husband and wife knows it very well. Tension in the marriage is always over that. It's all over relationship. Because the husband expects the wife to put him first. The wife expects the husband to put her first. And Christ puts us first. The Bible says he's forever making intercession for us, meaning he puts her first. The thoughts that I have towards you cannot be counted, meaning every moment of every day Christ thinks about us. God says not even a hair from your head falls without me knowing. He thinks about us all the time, meaning he's put us right as the top. And God says, do you put me at the top? Okay. And this all happens when? Not before wedding, 
after wedding. Before wedding, it's only calls. After wedding, life begins. Burnt offerings begin. Okay, you start changing. You start changing, and you will, you will realize. The husband will say, mm, "I don't like that outfit," but that must have been your favorite. But the husband says, "I don't like it." Next day, you don't see it. Though it was your favorite, why? The only person you want to please is your spouse. The only person you want to please. And that is what we are talking about. We are not talking about the law. We are not talking about the law. So much of the teaching may sound like the law, but this is for those who are saved and baptized to walk in the newness of life. You are being taught what does our heavenly spouse like so that when we reach there that day he is absolutely comfortable with us and we are absolutely comfortable with him because we learn to change he doesn't have to change he's perfect we are the one who has to change you getting it this is what it talks about so in the baptism there is so much meaning so much meaning it is my death it is my coming out of it to the newness of life Looking forward to a day, you know what? Let's let, think about us who are parents and we have little babies who give you trouble at night when they have a little bubble of gas moving around and all. And you are so tired, you just want to fall down and just sleep and say, why don't you just go to sleep? You know, all these things. But we still walk around holding it, walk around holding it. But think about it. If we had a resurrection body, no father or mother would complain because there is no sleep, no tiredness. You want to cry as long as you want, no problem. I can carry you around because I have no tiredness. Okay? Meaning I can serve you to the uttermost because my body has changed. Think about it. If you don't love serving him and walking with him, what is the joy of a new body? The joy of the new body is not the new body. The joy of the new body is the nature of the new body. I loved walking with him, but still I go, I wanted to pray for two hours today, but only 20 minutes after that I fell asleep. I have fallen asleep on my bed on my knees. And then I realized, are you, I fall, I am sleeping here. You know, I wanted to do, I wanted to study, I wanted to do many things, but you know what? The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So we know we are limited by this body, all the things we want to do for our spouse, that is Jesus Christ. The excitement is that when the body comes, new body comes, limits are taken. This is nothing. This is only in the physical. In the spiritual, when he says the limitations are taken off, that is why he says to the servants who are faithful, well done, my good and faithful servant, take a vacation in Hawaii. He didn't say that. That's what we expect, right? When you have worked so hard and you are so tired, you expect your boss to say, Shabazz, better, Shabazz, better. Here, take a check and go rest for three days. Go to a resort, spend three days. Jesus doesn't say that because that is stupid in the new body. What does he say? Take charge of? Ah. Okay, are you getting it? He enlargens, he, 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 he stretches out then. He takes the limits off then. Reason is because you loved serving him in this body. And the body and the sleep and the tiredness and the flesh and the temptations and all this were all restrictions that is taken off. And all that is there in the meaning of the baptism. You die to the old life. 
you rose again to the newness of life. And one day you are waiting for the resurrection as Jesus rose from the dead and he received a new body. I also have been baptized with him. One day I will also receive the resurrection body. And what will I do? I will live with him forever and ever and I will serve him all the day. There is no all the days of my life. There is no day or night forever and ever. Okay, so you understand what baptism is? That is what baptism is. So take baptism very, very seriously. Action very, very seriously. So your life changes and the world changes for you. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 40 and 41. This is the difficult part for young people when they get baptized. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Perverse generation. Why is the generation perverse? Because the world is perverse. The world is under the control of the devil. He is the ruler of this world and all his ideas are perverse. Yesterday, a new administration took over in US. First, executive order, executive order, executive order. The new president is shining and he has taken righteousness and made it into perversity. He's going all the way against what was done by the previous admiration. Because why? He's playing to the world. Poversity is coming in. Being all kind of junk is being passed on. And you will see that's why we prayed, not for President Trump, but Lord, let righteousness continue for four more years to prepare the church. The world is perverse. Because that's the way they are unsaid people in their thinking is perverted. Thinking the law will only restrain. If the law was not there, even the best among them will go pervert. Only the law restrains them. We don't need the law to restrain us. We have Christ in us. We are self-restrained because we know our our master, our Lord, our spouse doesn't like these things. So we will restrain ourselves. We don't need the law. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this. Perverse generation. In verse 41, those who gladly received his word were baptized. So you have to, what is baptism? You are dying to the world. You're dying to the world. And you have to be very, very careful about young people. Stay steady. The world will keep on changing. Don't run with the world. We'll always struggle to walk in the newness of the life. Don't run with the world. And you know what the world means. All of you know what the world means. Don't run with the world. Stay calm. Stay sober. Stay, change slowly. Don't run too fast with the world. Okay? Because what will happen is that you will mess up your life. Which life? Not the life or not. The life with God. You will mess it up. You will be always miserable. See, the world people can enjoy anything because they don't know Christ. The people who know Christ, when they try to act like the world, they will be always miserable. They cannot enjoy it like the world and they also struggle because they know you sinned against your Savior who loved you so much. It is not the law. Law is okay. As we can always pay a penalty and get out of the law. This is not the law. This is the Savior inside. So when the Bible talks about it, Peter was very clear on the first day. Save yourself from this world. We are not talking about the, when we are talking about the world, we are not talking about earth. We are talking about the ways of the world which is reflected in the lives of people. He says, save yourself from them. So baptism means that you are not just, you are forgiven from the penalty of sin. You are now saying, I am dying to sin and I am dying to this world. When this person comes out, Lord, Help me every day to see the world the way you see the world. 
not the way the world advertises. The world advertises through the people. We advertise, God advertises Christ through us. There are two kinds of advertisement going around. You know what the Bible says? To those who are perishing, we are the aroma of death. What is he? You're so old-fashioned. You don't go for movies. And you're very careful about what you watch. You're always just like the old ways. But you know why they are saying it? Because they are perishing. And they don't even realize. The very words about you and me is a reflection. They are dead and going. Well, others will come and say, you know what? You challenge me, brother. When did you get saved? Oh, 2020. I got saved in 2010. But when I look at you, you challenge me. You know what? To him, we are the aroma of life. So don't get upset when people say, oh, you are listening. Actually, they are just talking about the death in them. We reflect their death. While to those who are being saved, we reflect life. That's what the Bible says. So see it that way. Unless you see it that way, you will always struggle. Should take it up when somebody comes and says, Hey, you're too old fashioned. What happened to you? You don't sing songs like before, you don't use obscene words, you don't lie like before, you weren't like this. What kind of a fellow? You're so boring to be. Be very happy. Hallelujah, Lord. How did you see what they said? They said, I am very boring. That means I'm exciting to you. If I'm boring to them, I'm exciting to you. If I'm exciting to them, I'm boring to you. I will be exciting with you. Thank you. Okay, so think it that way. Otherwise, you will not overcome. This battle will belong. Always try to please God. Please your spouse. Try to please him. And then as we close, I'll give you quite a few verses. Baptism is not an advice. It is a command. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, how does he say first? He says as a king, all authority, not just as a king. He says as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, all authority has been given to me. Where? In heaven and on earth. The devil has no authority. All authority is with Jesus. All power. And in that authority, he gives a commission, which is a commandment. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And what should you do with disciples? Those who have, those who are saved immediately. When you look at the term disciple, use the term student. Do you know the day you became a student? It's not when you went to the classroom. It's the day you got admission. You became a student. Then you went to the classroom and started learning. But you became, so in the minute you got saved, you became a disciple. And what have disciples done? They have to be baptized. Why? Otherwise you can't study. Right? As soon as you, 9 o'clock, school gate is closed. Can you say, no, I want to put one feet here and one feet there. Teacher, why don't you come and teach me here in a bit today? Will they allow it? <laughs> gate is closed. And you are inside your classroom. The environment has completely changed. Right? You come out of something and entered into something. That's what he's talking about. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So it is a, it is a commandment. Acts chapter 2, 38. And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. A 12. When they believed Philip as the priest, the things 
concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Next one. 838, he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. 918, this is Apostle Paul. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. Remember he was blind for three days. He received his sight at once and he arose and he was baptized. Same day. Okay, they all got baptized immediately. Okay, 1047. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? What does it mean? You can be saved without getting baptized. They were saved. And verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized. So if you receive the Holy Spirit, you are saved. Right? They were saved and they were baptized. So don't think that if you are, you are saved by baptism. You are saved and you are baptized. But every saved person should get baptized. Should get Baptized. And then, 10, 16, 15. And when she and her, who's this? Lydia. Household were baptized. When Lydia saved and her household believed, they were baptized. 1633. This is the jailer in Philippi. He took them the same hour of the night, washed his stripes, and immediately he and all his family were, they're having a midnight baptism service. He didn't even want to what? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a Philippi jailer. Definitely he's not Hebrew. He's a Gentile. They didn't explain him from the Torah, from Genesis, all that he didn't. He said, do you believe? This is who you are. This is what Christ did. Do you believe in all your heart? Trust in him for your salvation? I do. Get baptized. Get baptized. And they were all his family were baptized. Okay. 18.8. And then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his household. Remember, whenever you hear all the household people will say, children were baptized. No. He believed on the Lord with all his household. Meaning, all those in his household who believed. And many of the Corinthians hearing, believed. Because you have to hear before you can believe. And a child cannot hear. He doesn't understand. And where? Baptized. 19.5, Ephesus, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. So baptism is not an option God gives you. God says it is a command. The first thing is repent and be, repent and believe. If you turn with me to Matthew 16, Mark 16 and 16, if I'm right. 15, 16, 16, yeah, 15. Okay, you put 15 also, because there it talks about preaching the gospel. Okay, so you will understand the difference. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And look at verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be. See, in the second part of the sentence, he doesn't even bring baptism there. Because if you don't believe, your baptism is irrelevant. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And how would we write this next context? He who does not believe and is not baptized, then we have brought baptism into salvation. Right? No, that's not what he says. He who does not believe will be condemned. Meaning even if he gets baptized, he does not believe and he gets baptized, he will still be condemned. Because what saves you from the penalty of sin? 
It is your belief. And what gives you the power to fight the power of sin? It is your baptism. Baptism is a beginning. Okay? It's a beginning. Meaning, before you get married, no, you talked so much on the phone. You said, this is what I will do for you. This is what I will do for you. This is what I will cook for you. This is what I will do. All these things were told. But it is only talk. And then you got married. Now talk has to become walk. <laughs> Why? Because you got married. So he will say, but you told me. <laughs> you told me. Okay, I will do it. I will do it. That's what happens. Before baptism, it was a lot of talk. Now God says, walk. You got married to me. You are mine. No, I am not. He says, I have so many witnesses on your baptism day. Like we have witnesses on it. You don't have a private wedding. Wedding, there are always witnesses. If there are no witnesses, there is no wedding. Right? For every witness, at least two witnesses have to be there. So in the same way, for baptism, there are witnesses. And if he says, I don't believe, we will say, but I was there. I was there. I was there. So walk in your So understand this. Repent. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And be baptized. Believe with all your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And as an evidence that you believe, you get baptized. Okay? Remember, wedding is for a day. Marriage is for a The problem in India is everybody prepares for the wedding day and spends so much money on the wedding day. But they don't really prepare for marriage. The wedding day is only one day. After that, it's a video and an album. Okay? But life is lived after that. But why do you go through the struggles of married life? Because you remember your wedding day. I made a covenant. I said, until death do part. We're going to fight this to better or worse. Health or sickness. Riches or poverty. We're gonna, I'm going to fight this way through. In the same way, you made a covenant with Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. And you are saying, Lord, whatever happens, come Peter, let us sing that song which we sang. No, no It's a covenant song. No? I have decided to follow you. Where do you follow Jesus first? Where did the eunuch follow Jesus first? Into the waters of baptism. You follow him into the waters of baptism. Remember? But that's what book of Corinthians chapter 10 says about Israel in Moses were baptized into the Red Sea. And when they came out of the Red Sea, onto the other side, Egypt is gone. They only lived in their mind, but Egypt is gone. In the same way, when we come out of the water, we say, Lord, I am dead to this world. The world is still there, but I do not see the world the same way. I don't see anybody the same way. Help me to see everything in the light of who you are to me. That's what baptism means. Come, Peter. Then we will pray. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turn. The world behind me, the world behind me, the cross before me.
me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Unlike in a marriage for you are you are with the imperfect spouse and there are struggles. In your baptism, you are united with the perfect spouse. And he does the work for you. Our major issue is that we don't ask him. That's why he said, I will not leave you orphans. He said, I will come back to you. And he says, I will send somebody exactly like me. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why every place you will see that when they were baptized, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who is that? It is the Christ in you. Okay, so don't look at us. Oh, after baptism, how will I live my life? He says, I will help you. I will teach you. You just come to me. Each moment you walk with me, you ask me. You will hear him speak to you. He will convict you. When he convicts you, you say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me, Lord. He will empower you to break the power of sin. You have to surrender. That's what the body in Romans says. Offer your body as a living sacrifice and do not conform to the pattern of the world but the renewing of your mind you will know what is the perfect will. Whose perfect will? The will of your husband, your heavenly spouse because one day we are going to live with him forever and ever and ever. So it's better to start now. Enjoying him now, walking with him and through all the troubles he will never leave you. Some people may go through incredible trouble like Daniel's friends into the fire but he's there with them some may be thrown into the den of lions he's with them Okay, he was the only one who was abandoned on the cross but everyone after him was never abandoned even when people were killed he was with them but when he was killed nobody was with him why did he do it? for our sake Okay, he was not ashamed to call us his brethren brethren think about it No, think about it Think about anybody. We have our seal here, KCR. You know, you would like to be said, I am from KCR's family, but will KCR say you are from his family? I don't even know which, which, which village are you from. You are not my family, he will say. No? But do you know what he says? There's no family heritage bigger than that. This is God, the royal family. And he says, I'm not ashamed not ashamed to call us his brother. So you are not ashamed. I am not ashamed when we go under the waters of baptism. You say, Lord, first, I am yours. Second, I am not ashamed of you. I will go under the waters. And this is my advertisement. I belong to you. And you learn to walk with him. Then, the teachings will all start making sense because all the teachings are basically connected with walking with him now living with him forever, preparing us for another life and another world. Amen? Shall we pray? We'll pray over all those who are getting baptized on Sunday at church. 
But now this today was the baptism class and we will pray. Father, this evening I just come to you, Lord. I thank you for all your children who are getting baptized next week, Lord. I thank you for every one of them. You brought them thus far. And the moment is coming, Lord. They believed in you. They loved you. They walked with you. But the moment is coming in the public realm. With the witness of the church. And the witness of the entire heavenly host. And the demonic host above all. The witness of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Your children will be getting baptized. Proclaiming to the world, I belong to Jesus. I am his and he is mine. I am not ashamed to be known as his. Even as he is not ashamed to proclaim in heaven that I am his. I pray, Father. They will prepare themselves. Your Holy Spirit will speak to them. Show them. And they will keep surrendering everything. And with great joy, like the bride, the greatest joy is the day of her wedding, the day she was waiting for. And I pray, Lord, with great joy, like it is written in Acts chapter 8, Lord. After Philip baptized and came out of the water, the word of God records, the spirit of God took him. But the eunuch went on with great joy. That is the joy of salvation. That is the joy that we belong to you now and forever. The joy of knowing, identifying with you publicly. The joy which only the bride gets on that day. Of going home with her man whom she waited all these years. And I pray they will have that joy. Knowing that they are yours and you are theirs forever. I pray, Lord, people will put these building blocks in their life. All those who are hearing, everywhere around the world, many, many are not saved. Many are saved. They have not got baptized. They got baptized before they were saved. But that was just a shower. That was just a bath. That was just a dip in water. That was not the baptism of Christ. The baptism ordained by you. Many need to be baptized. Like those who wrote to me today from other countries. We want to get baptized. Yes, Lord, I pray we'll make a way. Many, many who got saved, all who got saved will get baptized. Touch your children. Cleanse your children. Speak to your children. Empower your children. And at that day, if you tarry to come between now and then, give us the joy of baptizing them, Lord. Now as they leave, I speak your peace and your strength into their heart. I plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over their minds. The devil will not steal anything they have heard. The convictions in their heart, the commitment they have made in their heart, the devil will not tamper with it. But with the blood of Jesus, I seal it. That they will walk in it. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I speak your peace into everyone who is listening online. The peace of God, guard their hearts. Let them know they are His and you are theirs, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.